Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. My name is Dandy Francesco. I'm the deputy editor of Cellside Technology, and I am joined by no one. This will be the second time I'm riding solo here on the podcast. Anthony Malakian, my co-host and the U.S. editor of Waters Technology, is actually on vacation. I'm going to give him a ring a little bit later um, and get his thoughts on some of the, you know, the breaking news from this week, you know, fintech related and non-fintech related. But for the moment, you just have me. It's just me. So to get right into it, the biggest news of the week was the, in my eyes at least, was the SEC uh, releasing uh, for public comment uh, its plan to create the consolidated audit trail known as CAT for short. Uh, I have a unique and uh, colored history with the consolidated audit trail. Just to give you a brief synopsis, I started at Waters in August 2014, and uh, first story was kind of just general on IT spend. Uh, second story, I believe, was on uh, emerging exchanges in the emerging market. Third story, or maybe it was the other way around. Third story was on the consolidated audit trail, and I'll never forget. There was a lot of news at the time breaking about the consolidated audit trail. At the time, there were six finalists. Now there are only three, um, and I was very concerned that um, this is fall of 2014. I was very concerned that uh, my story wouldn't be completed in time by the time the SEC and the, or not the SEC. I'm sorry, the SROs had selected a winning bid. Uh, I'll pause here for all of you to laugh at me, considering the fact that that was a year and a half ago and we still have not, you know, are just now releasing the plan to create the cat and we're still, we still have it. We're a little bit closer, but we still haven't selected who's actually going to build it. Uh, so this has been an ongoing process. This initially started in 2012. For those of you that aren't familiar with the cat, basically this is kind of the the knee-jerk reaction, so to speak, to the flash crash and how long it took regulators to figure out what happened. This kind of giant um, database that would collect all this data on the U.S. equity and options market would essentially allow regulators to quickly uh, discover uh, if something went wrong in the market, why that was the reason. So now them releasing this for public comment, in my eyes, it does a couple of things. It somewhat puts them on the clock. Now, let's make something clear. There will be delays. There have been delays on the cat in the past. When I had wrote the story, the timing, I had written, uh, when I wrote the story, there were two delays and 36 meetings with industry members. Um, and that was way back in 2014. So there will be more delays. This is not something that's going to happen next year. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but the fact of the matter is now they have 60 days to collect comments and they have 180 days, six months essentially, uh, to prove or deny the CAT NMS plan. Uh, Once that happens, then the ball really gets rolling. Uh, Within two months of the SEC approving the CAT plan, uh, the SROs, you know, the exchanges and whatnot, 18 of them would have to be, would have to uh, select one of the three remaining bidders. Just so you guys know, the remaining bidders are FINRA, who currently runs OATS, the OATS system, uh, reporting system, SunGuard, technology giant, been in the space for a long time, and DC's technologies, uh, you know, kind of bends towards uh, the HFT side with you know, that type of uh, technology. So those are, you know, three very different firms that are applying to do this. Um, 
So yeah, so then they would have two months to pick one of the three bidders. Within the year of commission approval, again, this is all what's been set. This is the implementation schedule. Now, how this actually goes down, we saw what happened with MIFID 2. We've seen how, you know, the industry is very good at getting delays out of things. So within one year of the of the SEC approval of CAT MS plan, uh, the SROs would be required to uh, begin reporting data to the central repository. Two years, large broker dealers. Three years, small broker dealers. So where what happens from here? Um, what do I think of all this? Well, I think, like I said, I think it's interesting. I think it somewhat puts them on the clock. It's good to see a little bit of progress. It's kind of coincidental. Uh, we're basically almost in the one-year anniversary of when the SEC commissioner, Kara Stein, uh, spoke at CIFMA Ops 2015, which I was at. And basically called out the industry for um, for not getting the cat up and running as quickly. I mean, she, her exact quote was, unfortunately, development of the cat has been bogged down by administrative hurdles. Real development has yet to be done, and I think implementation is still years away. Um, and then she went on to say, only through the cat can we have the ability to develop regulations that are truly driven by the facts. Only through the cat can regulators appropriately survey our high speed and high volume marketplace. The importance of the cat to our nation's securities marketplace cannot be overemphasized. This vital initiative in our main, is our main tool to be proactive and informed in our approach in dealing with the new high speed marketplace. So clearly she's a big proponent of the cat and it's interesting a year after her uh, statements you know, essentially a year after her statements, the uh, the SEC votes to you know put this plan out for public comment and kind of somewhat slowly get the ball rolling. What happens from here? I don't know. There will continue to be delays. People will continue to drag their feet. This is going to cost the industry a lot of money to implement. Uh, so we'll see. An interesting aspect of this is you know the remaining three. You know, I, on I wrote. A big feature on this, like I said, back in the fall of 2014, profiling what was at the time six, uh, the six remaining bidders. And uh, when I uh, when I sp I spoke, to, I had the opportunity to speak to all six, and um, I found it very interesting how Finra sits on the selection committee and also is bidding for it. Uh, I know they've gone to great lengths. I spoke to to, uh, to Steve Randich, the CIO at uh, at Finra, about this. Uh, you know, he essentially back then told me, and I'm sure it still stands now, that it's there's a complete information barrier, and it's almost as if it's two different companies between the selection committee and the and the, uh, the bidding team. Uh, but you know, even if they whether they abstain or however they go about it from voting, it it doesn't matter. It's still, you know, Finra is going to lose a lot of money if someone besides Finra is selected to implement the cat because. Essentially, that is going to spell the end for oats. I know they've said, oh, if the cat is implemented, there's still going to be a reason for us to have oats, but let's call a spade a spade. Oats is going to get shut down once the cat is up and running. They even mention that in the uh, in the announcement. They kind of go through some of the the a fact sheet, so to speak, and they say that part of it will be kind of looking at where there's overlap and uh, and kind of you know, putting those down and Oats was specifically singled out way back when, you know, a couple of years ago in original documents published about the cat and uh, what it would be able to do for the industry. So, you know, the, the, the launch of cat spells the death in my eyes of Oats. So that's a lot of money lost by FINRA. So they have a big time skin in the game. Uh, SunGuard, just, you know, a big tech provider, I don't have much opinion on them. Theses Technologies, that's the other interesting one. The fact that they're so embedded in HFT. I remember when I spoke to the folks over there for the story, um, 
you know, their kind of perspective was that, uh, that they kind of, they understand it. You know, I spoke with, um, you know, so basically it's, this is the, it's the vendor arm of the HFT shop Tradeworks. And again, my pronunciation, Manaja Narang, the CEO of Tradeworks, uh, said that, you know, who better to do this than someone, you know, the, the goal is to monitor these HFT firms, who better do it than a firm that understands that, um, you know, really, this is what he said, and I quote, really, there are very, very few bidders that have that kind of expertise because we live in a complementary regime of market structure with boundless fragmentation. Orders can split into discretionary execution into algorithmic execution and those algorithmic executions that go from blocks to get split up into child doors, each of which get routed in different ways. Some of them go to lit venues, some of them go to dark venues. To be able to tie all those things together, you have to have a pretty good background in algorithmic training. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fair point. Um... The other interesting thing that was brought up about FINRA, you know, when I wrote the piece kind of questioning, is this the right thing? Uh, a couple of the bidders who were no longer involved at the time kind of said they felt uncomfortable with, um, you know, FINRA being able to kind of have their arm on all of this, uh, this data, you know. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things to dig in. This isn't going anywhere. I don't think this is going to be solved anytime quickly. Um, It'll be interesting, though. Uh, there, I know there's going to be a cat panel at SIFMA Ops 2016, which I'll be at in Miami Beach. More on that later. Um, but I'll be interested to see what happens. It's it's an interesting topic. It's going to have a huge impact on the industry when it finally is implemented. So we'll see what happens. Uh, other than that, other th in the news story, before we call Tony, not too much on that front. You know, as always, you know, check the site. Bunch of good information. I will say that. You know, we've talked before about where we've kind of pitched ideas to, to our listeners, stuff we're working on. Something that I have been looking at is user experience, user interface, um, and kind of how this younger generation, these, I hate the term millennials, but these millennials that are coming in, they want better user interfaces. And especially with these complex analytics, all these complex systems, putting on a nice clean front face to it so that, you know, people, not just hardcore quants, are able to use it. It's an interesting story, I think. Maybe I'm not. Maybe it's not. I'm going to talk to some people down at SIFM about it. But if you have an opinion about it, let me know. Contact details, as always, are in the post. So let me know what you think. User interface, user experience. Is there a specific trend I'm not seeing? Is there nothing there? Is there something there? Let me know. Um, I think before I go on, let's pause. I'm going to call Tony. We'll get his perspective. So let's hear what, uh, what the big man has to say. All right, and we're joined uh, via phone by U.S. Editor Anthony Malakian. He's nice enough to take the time to chat with us today. Um, I'm uh, annoying him on his vacation, so that just shows how hard of a worker he is. So, Anthony, I know you're down in Raleigh, North Carolina. How's the weather? How's the time off? Um, how's life treating you? Uh, the weather is pretty terrible down here. It's uh, 85 degrees, sunny. <laughs> it's really, really awful. For uh, a right second, now. for a second, the cynic in me was like, "Oh, it's awful nice because it's really nice here." So good, <laughs> screw him. <laughs> You're like, it's 88 degrees. God damn it. Yep, yep. Just I woke up this morning, was pretty hungover, so I took a train down from Penn Station all the way down to Raleigh. It's the first time I've ever done it. Oh like, wow! I, I highly recommend. So it's like a nine-hour trip, and but it's nice. Like I, I've upgraded to business class. So, you know, I have all this room. Uh, I met my cousin in Philadelphia, and so we went down together from Philadelphia. And, you know, you just walk around. You know, I was having drinks. I had a uh, dogfish head 90-minute IPA, which is just sensational. One of my all-time favorite beers, actually. 
And so they had that on the train, so I was drinking that. And so by the time our train rolled in at, like, 5.30, you know, my dad and brother uh, were there picking up, and we went to some bars down there, but I was already pretty pretty <laughs> hammered by that point. Uh, and then we shot pool probably till about 1, 2 in the morning, but like a trooper, you know, on vacation, woke up, went to the uh, driving range, hit a couple balls, you know, 85-degree weather, got to take make the most of it. And uh, once I'm done with this call, probably uh, head outside and have a cigar. <laughs> living the dream, living the dream. Was it what was it a straight shot on a train? You you, you make a bunch of stops. So you you stop in like a train in Newark, Philly, and then you go down to like DC, Baltimore. But you didn't have to transfer in Virginia. Oh no 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 yeah just straight yeah it's, uh, it's called the Carolinian so it's, apparently it's an Amtrak train just dedicated to Charlotte that goes straight straight out to Charlotte so. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty. Oh, so so it landed in Charlotte. And how far is Raleigh from Charlotte? Well, we, you go to Raleigh first, and then Charlotte's like another three. Oh, 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 oh. oh all right. Yeah. Well, nice. Well, it sounds like you're enjoying yourself while you've been. But, well, yeah, exactly. What am I? What do I need to know about? Cause I haven't even gone to the website or. <laughs> I, I, I did. I did post a story today, like a champ. I did contribute to the website. <laughs> I was going to say, did you de- you deleted all your bookmarks, you closed yeah, out yeah, your yeah. email, <laughs> I am I am done with waters for the week. Um, totally. Uh, yeah. What do I need to know when I come in on Monday? Any interesting stories? Yeah, well, so while you've been, uh, while you've been enjoying your cigars and your 90-minute IPA and all that fun stuff, I've been slaving away, working hard along with the rest of our writers, trying to get a bunch of content up on the site. What you get paid for, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess from a news perspective, the biggest story was, or what in my eyes, and I, I'll talk about this. I talked about this more in detail. Is the uh, the SEC uh, published the NMS plan, um, the CAT NMS plan? So basically, the plan uh, that the SROs came up with to build the CAT, they published. Um, so there's three firms left: Finra, SunGuard. Yeah, Finra, uh, who is the incumbent, who already has the the system already in place. O- Oats, not the system, but a similar system in place. SunGuard, and then Theses, who is kind of the HFT. Which, you know, ironic. This whole thing was done for HFTs, and then there's a, a you know an HFT kind of involved in the bidding process. So those are the three companies left. So this the kind of the big thing, and I'll get in more detail on this later. You know, I don't need to bore you with it, but the biggest yeah, thing kind of. <laughs> The, the biggest thing to understand is now this kind of puts them on the clock because now they have 60 days for comment letters and 180 days, which uh, I know you're not too good at math, which comes out to six months, 180 days, uh, uh, six months roughly for them to approve or deny. It. And then once they approve or deny it, then it's, uh, I believe, a year. I'll, I'll have to look back at my notes, but it's essentially a year until the SROs, the, you know, the 18 exchanges have to get on the ball and start reporting. So really the clock is somewhat on. I know these things kind of go back and forth with, yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's not. There's going to, I'm, I'm, I would guarantee my paycheck that there'll be delays and there'll be pushbacks, but it's a step forward, I guess you could say. Sorry. What were you going to say about this? I guess, well, first of all, I'll mark your words on that and I will dock you pay if, if it does go off on time. But (laughs) I guess my opinion on this exciting, on this exciting development is that my girlfriend has been asking for a cat for a while now. (laughs) <laughs> I've been debating it. I'm more of a Rhodesian Ridgeback, you know, dog kind of guy, and I want to get a big dog. And we just got into a bigger apartment, so I figure, you know, we can afford the dog and, you know, have space for the dog. She really wants a cat, but I'm not really big on the cat, so that's about my two cents on the cat, since 
I've basically, as an editor, have left you to cover that whole topic, <laughs> and you're basically the cat editor, so I'll let you uh, just as, run with that and have your opinion. As someone that's grown up with a feline my entire life, I will say the key to getting a cat is getting a good cat. I've unfortunately grown up with two miserable, mean cats. The first one's name, and you're going to love this, the first one's name was Snooky. Way before that, <laughs> that horrible human being from Poughkeepsie, New York, ever came into the culture metasphere. You know that she's the she is the cousin of my best friend. Really? Yeah, yeah. She's uh, the cousin of uh, my, uh, my oh, friend. Oh, wow. Have you ever met her? No, he's met her. Um, I haven't any of the family. Well, yeah, I figured I figured he's met his cousin before. I could I couldn't have gathered that much. Um, so the first one was Snooky. She was always mean to us. She'd hiss at us to the point, and this is my quick aside, funny story. Uh, we got Our house got robbed when I used to live in Long Island way long ago. That's not the funny part. But the funny part was <laughs> Snooky was a kitten, basically. And then from then on, Snooky would mean. She'd hiss. Basically, the only person she liked was my mother. She'd hiss. She'd scratch she'd call at everyone just a really mean cat and my mom and and my mom always used to say oh oh the burglars the burglars did something to snooki and like as a kid i'd believe but then you get older and you realize (laughs) no that's all bs like it's not like the burglars came in all right steal the jewelry steal the money and let's really mess with this cat cat. yeah let's (laughs) really mess with this cat no it was just a mean cat it was a mean cat so then flash forward to years later snooki passes away we have to put her down we get a new cat named coco uh my mother named her after the the uh famous coco chanel don't, that's a whole nother aside. I thought it was going to be Coco Beware Co- because you're a big wrestling fan. But oh, yeah. no. I was I would have gone with Coco Puffs because that's my favorite cereal. But regardless, we name her Coco. And the complete opposite. Afraid of everyone. Won't let you touch her. The only person she really goes to, again, is my mom. You know, that's the one running correlation of this entire conversation is that my mom has these her hooks and all these cats. But long story short, you got to pick a good cat that's going to be friendly with you and enjoyable. But I well, dive- I, also, I, I tell Alice all the time, like, I, I go, we can get a cat, but you're going to, like, if we get a dog, I'll be in charge of walking the dog and take after the dog. Get a cat, you're going to have to be in charge of it. That litter box has to be cleaned every day because you, you've been in those houses that you just walk in and you're like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. only lives here. And yeah. you're like, ah, oh, geez. So they're just smelly, terrible animals. <laughs> um, I'm glad that my girlfriend does not listen to this podcast, so that's very good that I can at least get this out of the way, you know, get this off my chest in a public forum. There you go. Yeah, this is like therapy for you. So uh, that's the biggest new breaking news. And then other than that, I've been doing a lot of stories still on Natus. Uh, I know we touched on that last week, but I wrote a story about data scientists and kind of whether or not it's important for them to know domain knowledge or to not have domain knowledge and kind of the uh, debate that went on there. Uh, and then I wrote some stuff on the C-level panel, um, just kind of around machine learning, which you know a lot about, um, obviously from your future, which I linked in there. You're welcome. Um, just, you know, generally about, uh, about all that stuff, just, you know, like I said, machine learning and kind of, um, I'm trying to remember what I wrote about. Just like with the future of it, kind of where it's going, uh, you know, I cannot wait to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, that's been the biggest, uh, you know, breaking news stuff and, and regular news stuff, I guess. Um, the big thing, I mean, I'll ask your opinion. The big thing tonight, obviously, that I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, I'm probably going to get a growler just because I'm going to be so disappointed from whoever they end up picking up is the NFL draft. I know bittersweet for you or not even sweet, just bitter for you because yeah. you guys don't have a first round pick. Uh, well, yeah. I, no, what am I talking about, actually? No, wh- Brady, I haven't even been able to ask you about this. What are your thoughts? Four game suspension. 
I mean, it's it's a it's a complete joke. It's it's we're suspending them over something where we've proven with science that it is possible that it, that it is possible that these things. I just I'm so tired of this subject. And Goodell, I mean, easy, easy, easy. I'm waiting for you to drop them. I, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's it's a stupid topic. It's it's dumb. I can't take it. It's I'm done with the topic. It's good. He's out four games. Let's just move on. I just don't care. But Goodell has. Completely Completely and I, I will say this, though. I agree with you. I think the fleet gate's stupid. I tweeted about it. The fact that we're talking about a 40-point, 35-point game that took place, you know, two seasons ago. Where uh, he did better in the second half. Right. And then it's, in the Super Bowl, did even better in the Super Bowl against a wanted yeah. defense. No, it's ridiculous. And I'm a Jets fan. I hate Tom Brady. I hate the Patriots. I want to see them get hurt. But... It's not, no, I don't mean the physical, I just want to see them get brought down, pegs, absolutely, 100%, but I agree this is stupid, but all that being said, this latest judgment, it has nothing to do with deflated footballs. This has to do with the fact that the players have an awful CBA that they signed that, to be honest, your owner was the in the forefront of pushing forward, so you got to kind of take one on the chin for that, because Robert Kraft was right in Goodell's pocket and right with Goodell on getting the CBA passed, so... They passed it, the players approved it, and it gave Goodell all the power. So this has nothing to do with deflated footballs. The judge wasn't saying anything to the fact of, oh, Tom Brady was guilty. The judge was essentially saying, Roger Goodell has the power to do this, and it's right in your contract. You guys are idiots for not looking at it. So I hope, I hope that this goes to the Supreme Court. I want to hear Stephen Breyer give his opinion on how Goodell is overstepping his bounds and it goes against liberty. I, it, I, I, it, I mean, I know that he's still looking at different options. It seems like this is going to stick, though, and that we're definitely going to see some, see Jimmy Garoppolo for the first four games. Uh, I heard some people talk about how uh, Brady could slew, uh, sue for defamation, um, the NFL, which I don't know what you're saying. I would be shocked if it makes it to the Supreme Court. I mean, with all the stuff going on in the world, with all the, the judicial decisions that need to be made, um, if the Supreme Court decides this is a worthy case, you know, what do they take, like 1%, 2% of all cases that could but potentially like be brought to them? they like a good high profile. Oh, uh, it'd be so case. ridiculous. But, I mean, I guess that goes back to the NFL. Um, going, but I, listen, I know you're on vacation. I don't want to hold you too long. One more thing I do want to ask you about. I saw you tweeted about. What's this new beer, the Fat Tire? Well, not, it's not a new beer, but it's the Fat new Tire's Belgium. coming in. It's the brewery. Okay, it's so what, what's, what's going on brewery. with that? New Belgium, fantastic beer um, down here in the south. Um, has never been distributed in New York before, um, but it's going to be going up there. And Fat Tire is a nice, smooth ale, um, really, really good, tasty. Um, yeah, I, mean, I would, if you know, for a layperson, I would say it's comp- it's comparable to a Sierra Nevada pale ale or a Sam Adams kind of you know kind of a mass-produced kind of thing. But it's a, it's a it's a step above those. Um, really, really tasty, and I'm just very. Whenever I'm down here, like I try out a lot of the local microbrews down here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when I'm just at a bar and I just want to have just something that I know uh, I'm gonna like, I go with the Fat Tire. So I'm thrilled that's gonna be up in New York. 
All right. Well, be by your phone and be semi-coherent around 7 o'clock because I'm going to pick up a growler. This place, Noble Grains, I just found out. It's right by my house, mm-hmm. about right by my apartment. I'm going to get a growler of one of the, whatever, the five on tap they have, and I'm probably going to take a picture and send it to you and ask for a suggestion. So try not to uh, <laughs> try to try to be somewhat coherent. To give me uh, somewhat of a suggestion. Man, even drunk, I can give you good beer advice, man. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not a problem at all. Last question. Did you get me a gift? If so, what is it? Um... I did. Um, it, it, I'm, it's actually more of a wish, and I and I'm wishing that the Jets actually just prayed <laughs> out and prayed for Johnny Manziel. That's, that's what I'm hoping happens to you and your team in this draft. The latest I saw was that they might be looking at Christian Hackenberg, and God help me if they draft that <laughs> fraud of a quarterback. Um, but that's a that's another story. So next week, uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk. I don't know about next week because next week I'm going to be in, in Miami Beach. Be in Miami. Um, so uh, for the Sifma Ops, we'll definitely have a podcast up uh, whether it's you talking to you uh, i don't know we'll figure something we out save it for friday and we can you know you can kind of do this whole phone thing again <laughs> if it works out but you know me i don't do this like the podcast i'm just a voice you set it all up you do everything i'm not taking over those reins like if you leave the company dan basically this podcast dies all right, we'll figure we'll figure something out. We'll definitely have something up, whether it's me sitting in my uh, hotel room just talking into my my headphones, or me calling you up, or we'll we'll get something up for sure. Um, but hopefully this works out. Hopefully this all wasn't for naught, and this actually will be in the podcast, and I am recording. Um, if it does, then that'll open up some new doors to people calling in or us doing some fun stuff. But I appreciate you taking the time on your uh, your vacation. Any last thoughts? No, no, man. Just uh, enjoy the draft. All right, as always. Great perspective from Mr. Malakian. Always happy to hear of him. Uh, before I let you go, getting on some non-fintech topics. First, you know, I mentioned it there, the draft. Um, I wasn't joking. I will be getting a growler. Uh, the latest update I heard was that the Jets, you know, they don't want uh, uh, the, the kid from Memphis. Uh, I, I don't know his name. This is embarrassing. But uh, the latest I heard is that they're looking at the kid from Penn State, uh, Christian Hackenberg. Oh, I mean, that's all I have to say to that. Oh, you know, he had the one good year, his freshman year, and then his coach goes and leaves for the Texans. And then he has, you know, two miserable years. And they kind of preface it by saying, well, look at the one year he had where he had really good coaching. A good quarterback is a good quarterback is a good quarterback. Bad coach, good coach, a good quarterback. You know, it's the same thing. It's the same criticism I have for Jared Goff. You know, people... People are, you know, he hasn't had a winning record at Cal. He started since he was a freshman. Now, granted, he hasn't had the talent. They haven't put the talent around him, but winning quarterbacks is a winning quarterback is a winning quarterback. Winning quarterbacks, winners find ways to win. Losers find ways ways to lose. Wow, that was such an awful hot take, but it's true. Uh, One thing I do really enjoy about the draft is, you know, doing a lot of reading, specifically the Milwaukee, I, I don't know if it's the Milwaukee Sentinel, whatever the Green Bay Packers beat writer is, he does an awesome job of ranking all of the uh, the prospects. And instead of kind of putting his hot takes in, he just has anonymous, he has uh, clips, kind of sound bites, word bites from anonymous scouts. And some of the stuff that these scouts, you know, use as a determining factor, one was a cornerback. This guy was like, I don't like him. He doesn't have any life skills. I don't even think he can cook for himself. The fact that that would, you know, have to do with a team choosing to draft or not choosing to draft a player, I find hilarious. Listen, I'm not one to judge. 
I get it, man. I, I understand that this is a billion dollar business and sometimes it's the little things, but it really reminds me of, you know, Michael Lewis. Everybody knows Michael Lewis from Flash Boys now and, you know, Liars Poker, but Michael Lewis did write about sports, not just Blindside. He wrote um wrote a book called Moneyball about, you know, the different ways that you know, looking at baseball prospects differently and said how these old time scouts are saying, oh, you know, he's got an ugly girlfriend, so he can't look, you know, he's not good at picking out balls and strikes. He doesn't have good eyesight, you know, stupid stuff like that. But a lot of these guys, that's, you know, that's how a lot of these scouts look at guys, you know, case in point, judging a guy by him not being able to cook. So I I always find it, you know, it does crack me up, but tonight will be fun. I will say this though, if, if Hackenberg gets picked, um, if the Jets draft any quarterback in the first or second round, I probably won't be in work on Friday. Probably won't make it to Sif Mops. I'll probably be dead somewhere uh, because I'll die of shock because this franchise has put me through so much. So if you see that happen, send an email, check if I'm okay, because it, Paxton Lynch, that's the name of the guy from Memphis. Jeez, 10 minutes later. Uh, so we'll see. It'll be fun, but if I have to put money on it, I say uh, golf to... Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, uh, Goff one, Carson Wentz two, um, and then I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to get drafted way higher than he should, and the reason I think is because he has an interesting, easy to remember name. That sounds stupid, but you have these analysts that really don't know as much as they act like they do. Hmm. Case in point, look at me and when I talk about fintech, but you have these these NFL analysts that don't know as much as they as they think they should. Ezekiel Elliott was a name. It's a name everybody remember remembers. Um, it's different from a lot of names and you play for Ohio state, which a lot of people have seen. So I think he just kind of rises up because it's like, Oh, is he good? Yeah, yeah. I remember that name. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's going to be good. I don't know. Maybe that's a crazy, you know, conspiracy theory by me, but who knows? Um, one more thing, you know, I love game of Thrones. I could talk about game of Thrones, Tom blue in the face, but Silicon Valley, you know, and I threw this out on Twitter. A couple people came back to me. I said this in my, in my com in my, uh, column. Silicon Valley is such a good show, especially for, I say folks like us, for folks like you involved in the tech business. It's so, so funny. It's so hilarious um, to the point where I really think I do enjoy it almost more than Game of Thrones. It, the, the characters are so funny. Um, you know, I bring it up and I'm not going to link to it because it's definitely not safe for work, but the finale of the uh the finale of the first season, when they're trying to figure out, you know, c- coding, how to s- quick speed it up for the for the competition, the the uh, the process they go through to figure that out is one of the funniest scenes I think I've ever seen on television. And anyone that's seen it, I I think they would agree. Uh, and it really gave an interesting perspective on kind of these formulas and these algorithms and and coding in general. Uh, but if you haven't seen it. I highly recommend it. It's only three seasons. The third season just started. It's not like you're going to start behind the eight ball and be like, oh, geez, I got, you know, somebody tells you, oh, you should watch Game of Thrones. Okay, well, it's an hour show and there's been six seasons or whatever, however many seasons. Yeah, I'll just cut out three weeks of my life. Half hour show, 20, you know, 20 minute episodes, 30, 30 minute episodes. Um, only been two seasons. It's easy to get caught up. Very, very funny. Highly recommend it. Um, other than that, like I, like I mentioned, I will be at SIFMA Ops. I'm flying in Monday, flying out Thursday afternoon. If you're there, let me know. If you want to just meet up and have a chat, if you want to let me know why the podcast sucks, if you want to let me know why the podcast is awesome, if you want to talk about a trend you're seeing in the industry, just let me know. 
I'll be around uh, all three days, you know, especially during those networking sessions when everyone's kind of mulling around and looking at all the free stuff all the vendors bring. Come up, you know, say something to me. Hey, Dan, listen to the podcast. Hey, Dan, read some of your stuff. I don't agree with you on this. I agree with you on this. I want to talk to you about this. That'd be great. I love stuff like that. It excites me to know that some of you are actually out there. So definitely try to find me and uh, chat. I'd love to hear from you um, at some point. Shoot me an email, all that stuff, all the contact details and our details are in there. Um, we'll figure out, you know, like I said with Tony, we'll figure out a way to get the podcast up for next week, whether it's, you know, Friday or Thursday or me, you know, recording from my uh, hotel room. We will figure something out. That's about all I got. Uh, hopefully this was helpful to you as always. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Give us your feedback. Um, but until next week, uh, have a good one and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.